You're listening to Radio Influence. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. What's going on, everybody? Guess what? It's Friday morning. Yep, Friday morning. My favorite day of the week is Friday morning. Because of the fact that it's very simple, it's a Duffified Live day. That's every week on Friday mornings I get to get share my little world with you guys, which is kind of weird when I say it out loud. Because of the fact that, uh, why does anybody give two shits about what it is that I do? I don't understand that. But people ask me to, and that's what I want to do. Plus, I love talking to some of the guests that I have and um, and on all the people that get to come out here. So uh, right now, it probably sounds a little bit weird because I am sitting in my hotel room uh, in the Conrad in Chicago. It's a beautiful hotel. Great, great place. And I absolutely love Chicago and wish I could get back here more often. Huge fan of it. I love to go to all the restaurants and uh, there's just so much to see and do. And uh, if you guys check out my Instagram from uh, Wednesday night or Wednesday, you'll be able to see a bunch of the stuff that kind of I get to see outside the window. It's awesome. It's just a beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, and I love coming out here. And and one of the one of the main reasons why I love coming out here, not just for kind of the history and the architecture and the food and the drink and meeting friends and doing all that stuff is because for some reason, every single time that I land in Chicago, it kind of brings me back to one of the main reasons why I got into this business. One of the main reasons why I got involved in restaurants. One of the main reasons I got involved in the industry itself, which is what we call hospitality. And, and that's exactly what it is. It's about hospitality. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll start very simply with, I was the last person on my flight on the way out here. And as soon as I got on, I sat down I was like sweating because I ran through the airport. I had a 45-minute Uber ride from my house over to the airport. Um, and it, it just kind of, you know, like when you first land. And, and look, I love to travel. <laughs> I'm almost always happy when I travel just because no matter what happens, there's nothing that you can do about a weather delay. There's nothing that you can do about a delayed flight. There's nothing that you can do about a crew that has to take a break because they've been running on flights for the last couple of hours during a snowstorm. So for me, you're going to almost always see me in the airport. I've about a 90% of the time, 90% of the time I've got a smile on my face. Um, you know, 90% of the time I'm pretty much holding court, talking to people and just trying to have fun. And, and, and just cause that's the way it works. You know, you're traveling, you're literally on an object that is, that is soaring through the air. At breakneck speed, you know, five, six hundred miles an hour, you're flying through the air with thousands of pounds of jet fuel directly beneath you. And you're doing something that uh, that has made our lives easier. So when you travel, how in the hell are you in a bad mood? Because you know what you're doing? You're going someplace. You're going to chances are that you're going to go somewhere and see something you've never seen before. Even if it's for work, even if you're getting out of the, you know, I, I look at some of these guys that are, that, that sit on the plane and they're in their suits and they're just kind of miserable and they've got their watch on and they've got their laptop in front of them and they have their headphones in and they get off their phone 
after talking to their kids because it's a five o'clock flight because you're going to miss them. And that sucks. Trust me, that part of it just absolutely fucking blows because I miss my kids when I travel. I miss my girls, man. But anyway, so you're on that plane and these guys are just sitting there and you can just tell they're like kind of miserable, you know. But guess what? You're going to, a, to, to somewhere and you're getting there through flight. That's awesome. What, how cool is that? And I talk to people who've never flown before and it always kind of shocks me. And look, I get money and I get all the other stuff, but now it's like easier to fly than ever. I think I flew out to Chicago and I think my flight was like 270 bucks or something like that. Um, and, and, and like 270 bucks, you get to go somewhere you've never been before. There's hotels in Chicago that are just like inexpensive. They're not even that expensive. A hundred bucks a night. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's expensive. I, I don't see so because I kind of chalk it all up to experience when I do that stuff. Um, you know, look, I'm not a four or $500 a night hotel guy unless that's the only thing that's available. And even then, guess what? This motherfucker is using points. So I try to travel. I try to get out there. I try to have some fun. And especially when you go to Chicago. So, so let, me, let me back this up again. So I get on the plane. Uh, I sit down. As soon as I sit down, like flight attendant comes over to me. And she kind of laughs because she knew exactly what was going on. I was running late. And she looks at me. She's like, what gate are you coming from? Um, I said, I'm actually not coming from a gate where I'm coming from. You know what? Hold on. Emily just called me in the middle of my initial opening here. Hey, Em, what's going on? Can you order me an Uber, please? Uh, yeah, babe. Uh, you're on air right now because I'm recording. So, But I will absolutely order you an Uber. Do you want to say anything to everybody who's listening? Hi, Dad. Hi, I just need an Uber. You just need an Uber? You didn't want to be on air right now? Oh, I do. Oh, you do. Fiona wants to be on as well. Hi, Fiona. Lexi's here too. Oh, Hi. is that Lexi Shomer? Yeah, Lexi's coming to the restaurant with me. Fiona's not. She's a biatch. You just called your sister a biatch on air. You know that? Yeah, I realized after I said it that I'm on air. Yeah, that's not really that good. Um, all right, cool. You guys should call me from the restaurant and let me know how everything is. Well, can you call me an Uber? Why don't you have Uber on your phone? Because it's not letting me sign in because it signed me out. Oh, I because I changed password. my password. That's why. Um, yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to have to give me a couple minutes to do that. All right. Cause, cause you know, cause you know, I'm on, I'm on air. I'm, I'm, I'm recording the show. Well, can you just, can you just tell me your password then? Not what well, you want me to tell you while I tell everybody else out there. Can you text me? Yeah, I'll text you back. It, just give me a couple minutes. I love you. Bye. 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 All right. Well, so that worked out. So that was my daughter. She needs an Uber cause she's going out to dinner with her best friend. So, okay. So. I know that I should realistically right now be uh, texting her my Uber, the Uber and stuff. So maybe what I'll do is maybe we'll just have like a little musical interlude. We'll listen to some Biggie. Um, but uh, one of the cool things is, so as soon as I get on the flight, uh, she comes over to me. She knows exactly what's going on. I just ran all the way in. I literally ran through the airport. Um, so as soon as I get uh, uh, through she comes right over to me and where are you coming from? I said, actually, I'm coming from my house. I was running late. And she's like, it's hot out there. Yeah. Can I get a couple of napkins? She comes over. We kind of joke back and forth a little bit. We kind of laugh. We, 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 she was really, really very nice. And I uh, uh, go to, uh, so I'm like wiping my face off. And now she's just like chatty Kathy. Super funny. Great conversation. Just totally like chilled me out for that couple of moments. Can I get you a drink? No, I'm okay. I have my own water. Like I was good. So um, throughout the flight, she's just really nice. So I say, hey, where are you from? And she's like, I'm from Chicago. I'm going home. So 
I said, oh my God, Chicago's one of my favorite cities. You know, where do you live? Where do you eat? Blah, blah, blah. Great conversation. We have an awesome time. I get off the plane. She says, have a great trip. Have a nice day. Blah, blah, blah. I walk out. I immediately walk outside and, or walk through the airport. And I said to somebody, where do I pick up an Uber? And the guy looks at me and said, oh, no problem. You're going to go directly to the top of the steps. You're going to make the left as soon as you get out the front door. You're going to walk about 50 yards, and there's going to be a whole section there right for you. Would you like me to show you how to get there? No, no, I'm good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Really nice, like, kind of conversations going back and forth. I get into my Uber, and it's it, it, uh, the guy's name's Ibrahim. Go on to, uh, if you're on Snapchat or, or Instagram, go over to check out what Ibrahim looks like because we did a little Snapchat video, a little Snapchat story. It was kind of funny. Um, so... I get into the car and Ibrahim immediately, would you like me to turn the air on? Is there anything? I, and the guy's driving a Toyota Camry. Okay. So would you like me to get anything for you? Uh, you know, do you need water? Do you need this? No, I'm okay. I've got my own. Thank you so much. Would you like the air? Yeah, I'm kind of sweaty. I just ran through the airport again. I get out of my, ho- I get out of the Uber. So, oh, I'm sorry. So the whole ride in the Uber, Ibrahim is kind of laughing at me because I'm on the phone the whole time. I love, I try to get as much work done as I can when I'm on the road. Um, it's not all partying and going out and having fun. A lot of times it really comes down to having to work. So, uh, so I try to do that every flight. Um, I try to bang out some work every single time that I get into my hotel. I try to sit down for a couple of minutes, get a little bit of work done, do email, stuff like that. So Ibrahim is very, very accommodating to me the whole way through. Um, uh, we're laughing. We're telling stories. Ibrahim's son graduates next week from medical school in Minnesota. Like I, I learn as much as I can about people because, again, it's coming down to experience. I'm, I'm traveling through the country and I get to see all these different areas. And then I get to have conversations with people from all over the world. Ibrahim was actually from India. He lives now here, here with his family. He has two sons and his wife, his son goes to medical school. His other son is in college still. So I, uh, great conversation with him. We pull up to the front of the hotel. Uh, I get out of the car. Two women are coming up. They say, Oh, I think that's our Uber. Sorry. We didn't mean to steal your Uber. We laugh. We joke. I go inside. I don't know if you're catching the kind of kind of uh, uh, path that I'm on here, but it's a path of niceness. Okay, I walk in. Two woman comes out and says, "Sir, is this your first time staying here?" "Yes, it is. I've never been to this hotel before." Oh, "Okay, what's your name, Mr. Duffy?" Or my, I said, "My name is Brian." She said, "Okay, Brian Duffy." Blah blah blah. Let me walk you upstairs. We go through. I got to go to the twentieth floor to check in. I get upstairs. Boom! There's a very nice girl behind the counter. How can I help you, sir? My name is Brian Duffy. I have a reservation. Okay, Mister Duffy, we've already got your room set aside. We're very excited. Blah blah blah. This and that conversation. My room that she gives me is thirteen fifteen. Well, if you guys have listened to me in the past, I'm superstitious, so I, I try to stay away from thirteen as a main number and. Uh, six, six, six. Okay. Multiples of, I know it's crazy. Look, I'm 45 years old. I still try to have some fun, but I do. And I do get a little superstitious about stuff. So I said, I'm sorry. I can't stay on the 13th floor. She said, no problem. I totally understand it. I explained to her all this fun stuff with nice, you know, conversations back and forth again, super nice and polite. We have a great conversation. The moral of this little rambling add on story that I just gave you is, is comes down to the fact that that the reason why I got into this industry is very simply because of hospitality. We're in this industry to give something to somebody, to create an experience, to exceed their expectation. And, and, and I, I don't know if I've talked about this stuff before with you guys, but, but it, it's important for everybody to back up and realize that the first and foremost, more than anything else, the reason 
for this industry is about the hospitality. It's about getting something. It's about uh, about creating experiences for our guests. So when when I hire servers, and I, I hired some people this week in the restaurant because we uh, we lost some people, and I'll get into that in a little bit long, a little bit later. But um, when we get into hiring people, I always say to people, "Why do you want to work for me? Why do you want to work in this restaurant?" And and I had a great response from a wonderful girl the other day. I'm not going to use her name, but she said, because I like to see the reactions on people's faces when they have a good time, when they, when they experience something new or something like that. Like I I should have hired this guy as a manager, like at that exact moment because, or this girl as a manager at that exact moment, because that's something that you don't teach people. Now, look, for all I know, this girl could have been bullshitting me. She could have been high on crack for all I know. I have absolutely no idea. But guess what? She gave me the greatest answers when I was interviewing her, almost like she knew what I wanted to hear, but but she didn't. She had no idea who I was. She didn't know I was an owner. She, I was sitting there in like, you know, like a green sweatsuit jacket, you know, like I just looked like a homeless guy for that case. But uh, she was super cool. And, and she said the answer that I wanted to hear, which was really, I like to see the reactions on people's faces when they experience something. And and that's what this is. That's what we do. Whether you're serving somebody a beer or you're bringing their food to them as a runner or you're clearing their table as a busser or you're cooking their food in the kitchen as a cook or you're a dishwasher. Look, dishwasher sucks. We all know that. But we got badass people that work in, those, in, the, in the dish room. You know, but they're all a part of that as well. And when you get out into that dining room and you're able to walk through and you're able to shake somebody's hand and have a conversation with them and listen to them when they talk about their experience, when I say, Hey, how was everything? And, and most of the time people are, are pretty honest with stuff. You know, if they had a trouble or they had something they didn't like, they're going to tell me because I asked for that. I, I, I asked that. So, so it, it's, it's about hospitality and it's about giving back. And, you know, we're, you guys have heard some of the struggles and some of the woes that I've had over the last couple of months of, you know, I preach about being present in your business and I preach about as an owner, as a chef, you need to be present. Years ago, there was an, an article, it was, a, it was actually an article out of, I think, restaurants and institutions, which was ripped out of the paper and it was handed to me. And this was when I had first started TV and I first really started to get into stuff. Um, and I, I first started to really have to travel for work and leave and do shows and stuff like that. And it was a great article because the article basically said, be present. You know, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a letter that was written to a chef or an article written to a chef by the staff. And it said like, we're so proud of you when you're on TV. We are so proud of you when we get to see your name in a magazine or a newspaper article or something to that effect. And we're even prouder of you when you're able to come into the restaurant and spend time with us and work with us and teach us and train us and lead us. And I feel bad for my staff right now because I am not present in the business. I have to travel. I have to work. Um, A lot of my revenue comes from traveling and appearances and consulting and, and stuff like that. So I have to travel. But I, I walked into the restaurant about two weeks ago and I hopped up on the line on a Friday night and one of my cooks looked over at me and she said, chef, chef, I'm so glad to see you here. Um, you know, we need to be present in our business uh, to teach and coach and lead. Like I keep saying, uh, you know, I believe in culture and nobody can teach my staff culture 
the way that I can teach my staff culture. And, you know, I'm, I'm struggling right now. We've got an issue with some, with my chef and we are having a little bit of an issue with our general manager and, um, you know, and it's tough. It's really something that's hard to see. And, and I don't, I, I, I hate firing people. I hate getting rid of people. So I'm really trying to work as close as I can with my staff so that they can get what it is that I believe in, which is exceeding the expectation, creating an experience and, and, and getting my staff to believe in the culture of what it is that we do. So if, if, if I can kind of explain any more of this any longer or better or whatever it is, it comes down to this very simple fact that, that we're in the hospitality industry and as staff, we have to do everything in our power to exceed the expectation of our guest. And as an owner, you got to be present in your business. Nobody can teach your staff the way that you want to do things except for you. You're the only person who has the passion for what you believe in when it comes to the way that you want a greeting being said. And, you know, look, I've got a greeting in my restaurant that's a little bit wordy, but there's a point behind it. You know, it's about consistency. It's about that welcoming. It's about breaking the barrier between the guest and the, and the, and the staff. You know, when I ask my bartenders to shake hands behind the bar, it's not because I'm, it's not because I just want to see you guys lean over a bar and shake their hands. It's about opening up and bridging that gap between the guest and the, and the bartender. When somebody feels comfortable with you or they feel that they know you, one, they're going to enjoy it. They're going to tell their friends. They're going to come back. You know, they're going to do the stuff that we want them to do. We are creating reactions. When I shake your hand, you're kind of looking at me like, who the hell are you? But guess what? Now we're kind of connected. We're bonded. We're a unit together now. And that unit is you serving me and me giving you money. That's what it comes down to. You giving me an experience and me paying you for that experience. So, so when I ask my bartenders to shake hands, there's a purpose behind it. And the purpose is to create a relationship. Okay. And when people don't believe in your culture, when they don't believe in what you're trying to do, uh, it turns it into a little bit of a disheartening world. So, um, so I'm, I'm telling my staff and I'm telling everybody that I have a couple more weeks of travel left and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to drop and I'm going to roll. I'm going to stop and I'm going to drop and I'm going to get back into the business. I'm going to get back into my kitchen. I'm going to get back into the front of house with my staff and work with them and train them and reteach them and show them the best way to get this done. Because you know what? Again, nobody can teach our staff how to do what it is that we love, what we're passionate about, and what we feel than we can. And that comes from no matter how big you are. You know, as I grow and I start to get bigger restaurants or I start to open more restaurants and stuff like that, I'm not going to be able to be present in my place every single day. But I'm going to be able to do that walkthrough every time and I'm going to be able to get in there and I'm going to spend that time in there where I need to. But I'm also going to teach the people that are working directly for me, my general managers, my managers, and my chefs, what it is that I believe in. And I really hope that my staff, I don't know if any of you guys listen to this or not, but I really do appreciate you and I love you all. And I really am very proud of how hard you guys have worked over the last six months to get us to where we are right now. And we're struggling a little bit. You know, I mean, we're in a brand new section. Gentrification is not an easy thing to handle, but we're open up. We are making changes. We're adjusting with the business the way that we have to. And you guys have stuck by me and you guys have stuck by us really, really hard. And I appreciate that. So to all my friends and family out there at the Flying Fish Craft House, you guys are awesome. To everybody who works in this industry, step back, take a look at your staff if you're higher up and really spend that time with them. Even if it's just one hour a day. Imagine if you as a chef took one hour out of your day to work with your prep cook. Show him how you want that or her, how you want that coleslaw made. 
exactly how fine you want that, that, that cabbage. How thin do you want those onions cut? How much do you want me to put in of this? How much do I need to go with that? How do I do those carrots, chef? Oh, you want me to soak them first? That makes sense because last week my coleslaw was a little bit orange. Without teaching our staff how to do this stuff, they're never, ever, ever going to be able to execute it on the level that we want them to. So get in there, train them, teach them, show them the way. No matter how big you are, no matter how big you get, get back into your kitchen, get back behind your bar, put an apron on, get out to that front of house and exceed the expectations of your guests. I hope to God that I'm not repeating myself for this because I just get so excited when I start talking, especially after I have great experiences. So, so with that being said, um, this is where we are. I am right now having great conversations with you guys while I am getting ready to talk to a buddy of mine, a guy that I really, really like, a guy who has worked his butt off um, a, a tremendous amount. You know, I mean, this is uh, this is a guy who uh, has just been working his butt off. And I'm really, really stoked that I get to chat with him again. Um, I'm really stoked that he and I have become friends uh, I appreciate how hard he works and how hard he has worked. Um, I have interviewed him once before on another show, and uh, I, I just really liked him. We had we had a great time talking, and we've connected and we've communicated over the last year. And uh, I got to spend some time with him out in Vegas. So this guy's name is uh, Keith Breedlove, and Keith owns a food truck with his wife Amy out in uh, Sacramento. Um, he's unbelievably talented. He's a wonderful man uh, who I really, like I said, enjoyed hanging out with. I wish I got to spend a little bit more time with him while I was out in Vegas, but it really ended up being a lot of time in the kitchen. Um, you know, after the first day that that uh, Keith had presented for us at the nightclub and bar show and the Food and Beverage Innovation Center, he came back the next day, uh, even though he didn't have to. Him and his wife really, you know, it was a vacation for them, but he came back the next day along with the rest of my chefs, I'm not just singling Keith out, but I'm talking about Pete Keith because I just got finished, you know, because I'm talking to him. Um, but he came back the next day with his wife and just busted his ass, just worked hard again in odd conditions with, you know, without a lot of staff. And, uh, and, and you guys, that second day, Keith, I hope you're listening to this. You guys really made, uh, you made that second day just flow. Um, all the culinary students were super excited to have you guys out there. Uh, you know, I had a student reach out to me and they even said, like, I loved Keith and Amy. They were just so nice to work with and uh, so talented. So um, so everybody do me a favor. Let's get your hands together. Uh, turn down, uh, you know, plug up your kids ears. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, get them out of the room. I'm no stranger to a little bit of a foul language because first and foremost, I'm a chef. But uh, have a conversation or sit back, get yourself a drink, grab yourself a nice big fat steak with some fries or whatever you want to do. Is my buddy's coming up, Chef Keith Breedlove from the Culinary Cruiser out there in Sacramento. So here we go. Uh, so everybody who is uh, listening right now, I am on the line with uh, Keith Breedlove, my buddy from Sacramento. Um, uh, what's going on, dude? Hey, no, not a much, man. It's a beautiful day in California, and Amy and I are sitting out here at Bike Dog Brewery in West Sac, getting ready to have a wonderful dinner service. Oh, nice, man. And uh, Amy's over there taste testing the bolognese that I made for today. For our... <laughs> so, What'd she say? She said she burned her tongue. <laughs> nice. What's up, Amy? Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. He's tired. <laughs> I know that feeling, my friend. Now. We've, so, been, we've been going six days a week for the past 
who knows how long since we got back from Vegas. Well, this is your uh, this is your time frame, man, isn't it? I mean, this is you guys have it all the time. You don't have it like we're seasons over here where we do. Oh man, I tell you, we we used to not, but this uh, this winter has been pretty freaking brutal. Um, of the twelve weeks of normally that we would have had, you know, service, we only had about six. We had some pretty brutal storms, wind storms, and you know, rainstorms that we don't usually have here. And it, it really hurt us really bad. I think uh, sales down almost 50% because of it. Wow, really, dude? Well, nobody wants to eat outside when it's pouring. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, man. That's true. And you guys, I mean, and, and, and you guys, like, shut down. I mean, the whole area out there shuts down one side. Yeah, it really, I mean, it's we're not used to it out here. You know, in Sacramento, we're used to having perfect weather all the time. And when it's, when it gets like that, we're just not used to it. Yeah, we had like two months of winter, and for us, that's that's two months. You know, yeah, usually no. like the day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was I was talking about it last night about you guys when you were coming out to Vegas, and I mean, it's a big deal for you guys, man, to do something like that. Yeah, well, you know, like you had said when you were you know, when you were talking to Matt, it was like you know, if we're not here, either one of us really, it's 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 not it's not going out, you know, and that's something that we've you know, we we generally budget for and we plan for, right. um, you know, and it's 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 luckily like this last time we were out there. There, we didn't miss anything because it was storming here. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yes, we wouldn't be out anyways. So, so are you guys in for next year? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. We had so much fun, you know, and that's something that we just love doing. I mean, we really had a blast. Just the biggest thing we enjoyed was, was day two is just running food around the, the floor and feeding yeah. people. You know, we got to go over and we, we uh, piled a bunch of food onto Mr. Ron White and he, they uh, returned the favor with some beautiful tequila, and oh, good! You know, we got to bribe our babysitter with that. <laughs> nice, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, it was just it was a good time. Yeah, Amy and I really loved. That's one of the things we love doing is just we love feeding people and taking care of everybody, and you know, meeting all these wonderful people, and you know, we're kind of the we we just don't stop. I mean, we yeah. just we keep going. You know, we're just not, we're just that kind of people. Well, I mean, dude, I totally appreciate it. I know what it took for you guys to get out there. And just so everybody knows <clears throat> what we're talking about is we're talking about nightclub and bar out in Vegas where uh, Keith and his wife, Amy, actually came out. They uh, we did the Food and Beverage Innovation Center that I've been talking about for the last couple of days. And uh, it was kind of cool, man. It was really neat to work with you guys and, and see you and your wife, uh, you know, in your element and just crushing it in the middle of a convention center. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, those we love doing stuff like that. We do a lot of the, the charity work and stuff here in the area. And you know, I have a huge background in in feeding thousands of people at a time. So, you know, that's kind of one of our right in our wheelhouse doing doing. You know, I think we end up about what four thousand four thousand bites over two days. Not too shabby, man. We had a good time. I mean, you guys really crushed it. Everybody. That's right in our wheelhouse. You know, we've. Uh, and we tend to do like we did is we just kind of go, you know what, guys, we'll take care of this and jump in and kind of push, not push everybody away, but like, go take care of your stuff. We'll handle your back. We got your back. You know, that's kind of one of the things I'm, I like doing a lot of. So. Well, we were lucky. I mean, we, you know, everybody that was out there that was on that team between, uh, you know, Panini and uh, Chad, you know, everybody really just, I, I mean, we're all good people. You know, everybody's a yeah. good group of people. and. I mean, it was the first year, so it was really something that everybody had worked hard on. I mean, you know, you guys just showed up, and the next thing you know, we're banging out 4,000 meals in the two-day period. You know, the thing, too, is, is and I think any other group of people, it wouldn't have been 
as good as it was because there were challenges that you know any prima donnas would have been whining and crying over it's like yeah. we don't have this you know, i'm not gonna have that it's like none of these guys were prima donnas about it everybody put their head down you know put their arms around each other and trug forward kind of like a rugby team you know and they grab each other and they push forward <laughs> you know it's kind of kind of what we all did and we knew we all had things to take care of and we i think it was uh it was pretty awesome yeah i got to i got to meet one of my one of my heroes which is mr panini pete i've Panini's been a huge best. fan of his for yeah. years and you now i've missed we've missed uh connecting a few times while i was working for guy and you know getting the chance to meet and spend some time and talk to him was cool and chad and you know, anytime I get to see Nikki Liberato is a is a good day. Uh, <laughs> Nikki you know, that guy man. just that guy just makes me smile just thinking about him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's such a good dude. And uh, now getting to hang out with you and getting to know you better is really awesome. And just I think the camaraderie and getting, knowing you guys afterwards, you know, we've kind of been on stage in touch with a few little. You know, we're still. I don't know about you. I keep that that same thread open. So, oh, I can dude. so everybody knows we have a we have a thread called Ass Juice. Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, one. Oh wait, are are you an ass juice? No, you know what? I you know what? Not. You're not an ass juice because you didn't go to the double down. I didn't go to double down. Amy and I were uh, we're still kind of suffering a little bit from allergies and this and that. Yeah. And, you know, we were. It's funny because you know when you go super super strong and then you come to a complete stop and slow down a little bit, all of a sudden it hits you out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, and the well, first two nights we were we ended up kind of just oh my god we're old. <laughs> well, but at the same time, you guys have been busting your butt for how many years, and you guys had an opportunity to have quote unquote a vacation. Yeah, we've well, been mean, going strong for five years now. Yeah, and we really don't take time down. I mean, for me, a day off is I'm cleaning. <laughs> yeah. So you know, what did you what did you do prior to the truck? Uh, well, before the truck, I've been I've been in kitchens for 30 years now, but um, pri directly prior, I was teaching at an art institute for about a year. Um, and then before that, I was Guy Fieri's corporate chef. I opened two restaurants with him. Oh, I didn't know uh, all that. Yeah, I opened two of his restaurants as his corporate chef, did both the cookbooks, did a lot of food styling for the cookbooks and such. Um, prior to that, I was a regional chef for Nordstrom. Oh, and then, cool, man. Uh, an executive chef for Doubletree and Hilton for a number of years. Hilton's my way, man. That's where I go. Yeah, I uh, I was a regional support chef for, for Hilton, quality assurance control chef. I did a lot of stuff with Hilton Corporate. And that's kind of the big thing is when I got done and I was teaching college, a buddy of mine was like, hey, man, you should check out these food trucks. They're really cool gig. and Because I got this barbecue one. And next thing he's like, come work with me. And I went and worked with them. And the next thing you know, I come home and I'm like, Amy, we're buying a truck. <laughs> I, I was finding that when I'm teaching, I was teaching uh, American regional cuisine and garbage. And I'm like, I miss cooking. I miss doing this, you know, running companies that kitchens are doing four to five million dollars a year, food and beverage. You don't see a knife. You create the menu, you train your staff and then you walk away from it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I missed it and I missed that connection because that's what I've always been. So now I get to do it. So where did you, where did you start? Where did you get your start? Uh, I started at a place called Baxter's in Dublin. Uh, it was kind of like a Chili's at the time. Okay. Uh, it was 80, 85. 
Dude, how old are you? I'm 47. Oh, you're not. You're two. You're two year and a half older than me. All right. I was like, holy shit. Go ahead. Yeah. I started at 16, wow. and uh, it kind of was like, you know, I, I was I was a prep cook, and I was a total metalhead party guy, and my uh, my cooks at the time were like, were like, hey man, we'll leave you a joint or two in the kitchen if you go do our prep for us. <laughs> so um, I would end up going and do their do their prep. So, uh, Just so you it was, get smoke some weed. There you go. Yeah, you know, you got to do, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So what is, I mean, what, what, so after Dublin, where'd you come, where'd you go after Dublin? Well, I just started working at the, uh, the Claremont Hotel in Berkeley doing, um, in the garbage department. Um, then I, the teacher that was, the, I'm sorry, the uh, chef in the department was an instructor at the Diablo Valley College, Junior Hill, uh, Pleasant Hill, Junior College. And she's like, you know, you really have the chops. You know what you're doing. You should go learn more. So, so I said, all right, and went to school. I uh, went to Diablo Valley College, just a junior high. At the time, I wasn't, I wasn't honestly going to be a chef. I was a musician. I played music full time. That was my gig, you know. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, this cooking pays the bills. But uh, so I just kept kind of doing those, and I've worked at a Denny's for a couple years. Wow. Breakfast. What? What was dude? What was that like? Well, you know, the reason I did it, um, I was at the Claremont in Berkeley. Sorry, I'm going to drop some Brussels sprouts in the fryer here real quick. <laughs> so um, everybody knows Keith Keith has a food truck in Sacramento. It's called Culinarity. Um, and he is actually, him and his wife are actually working right now. So yeah. they've, they're doing, you guys are doing an event. Where's, yeah, your, got, where's your event? I just, I just dropped a, uh, a brook, a, one of our broccoli burgers down. And now I'm dropping a couple orders of our famous Brussels sprouts. And, uh, what do you guys do with your Brussels sprouts, man? Now, you know, let's talk food for a little while. What are you doing with those? Uh, we flash fry them. Yeah. Got them whole, take them whole, drop them in a 370-degree fire. Yeah. The water goes crazy on it. And then um, once the water starts to kind of loosen after about a minute, pull them up, toss them with some amazing seasoning. In this case, we're going to toss them with their uh, our famous dirty balls. Dirty balls. Which, what is uh, that? Is, do we ever have a lote? Yes. You know, you, so we kind of do the same thing with the sprouts. Is I have this mayonnaise that has got cilantro, lime, and orange, and roasted garlic. And we toss the sprouts with that, some fried onions, and some fried jalapenos, and you got dirty balls. I love them. I'm a fan of dirty <laughs> balls now, man. I want some dirty balls. They are huge rage. Everybody loves them. Uh, huge fans. Can you grab me some pasta? Do you have your T-shirts? What's that? You have your dirty balls T-shirts? No, we have stickers though. All right, good. Well, we are some stickering motherfuckers, man. Yeah. yeah. The whole everywhere we go, it's like we pop a sticker on something. I need to get some new stickers made up. I need to do something fun. Yeah, that's kind of we did a we did some dirty ball stickers and and they were hugely popular and people come up to get you know the dirty balls they would get a sticker because nice. what's really funny about the dirty balls is the most common market of these is actually the females. The women come up with the fun. It's just like they, they just love to get inappropriate it. on it. They love to. to I want make some the dirty balls in my mouth. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> wants dirty balls in their mouth. Yeah, we get that. Uh, a lot. Yeah, and Amy's like, "Yo, yo, they're my dirty balls." <laughs> Amy goes, "Well, let me tell you, they're dirty." Oh, jeez. Oh, um, so what? So you said broccoli burger as well. What's your broccoli burger? 
Well, we uh, I do four vegan burger or vegetarian to vegan burgers on the menu. This is um, it's a broccoli and broccolini finely shaved, uh, tossed with a little bit of um, uh, aquafaba, which is the the liquid from garbanzo beans. After yeah. you, uh, you know, I soak and make, cook my own garbanzos, so I take the w- liquid from those. Use that instead of egg, and then it has uh, cornstarch and rice flour to bind it. Nice. And uh, then just put it in a, a ring and grill it on the grill, and looks like a hamburger patty just made out of broccoli. And what do you guys doing with the garbanzo beans? The garbanzos get mixed into one of the other ones, which is a red bean lentil and garbanzo bean patty that is kind of a meatless meatball almost. Nice. And that goes into that. We're always trying to have new exciting uh vegetarian dishes right because uh, we are in sacramento and nobody does it i mean we're in a cow town and most people here they just they just want a burger or a steak right but there's a huge vegetarian population uh, yeah there's some cilantro down in here <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny is when, when chefs start talking, uh, we actually, like, we interrupt each other. And because somebody will say, Oh, I'll have the broccolini. And they're like, What'd you do with broccolini? <laughs> you know, there's always that, like, like and I mean, I do it with Chad and I do it with Panini. Like, we talk all the time about stuff. I'm like, Yo, what are you doing with those garbanzo beans, man? You know? Well, the garbanzos, you know, if you've ever, if you've ever made them fresh, um, they're amazing to I use them. with stuff. And, you know, and then you take that wonderful liquid and you, you use it instead of egg. It, yeah. uh, the liquid holds the same amount of albumins that your egg whites do. So if you're doing something vegetarian, it's perfect. Right. And uh, so I got that one. I just did a new corn burger. That's corn ginger. Um, yeah, I think just corn ginger cilantro. And then I have a carrot. I'm sorry, that was a carrot burger. Uh, corn, and then I have the bean. Nice. And now, what do you guys, so how often do you guys change your menu? You know, we have about eight core items, and then the rest of it is kind of, uh, Amy would say it's a crapshoot, depending on what my mood is. Right. That's but the way most of us work anyway. Yeah, but for the most part, if I want to learn something, if I'm working on something new, that's the, that's the big thing. You know, I have that opportunity that a lot of people don't have, you know, a full-service restaurant is that I can work on some new dishes and I can work on things I want to learn how to do and do them in a small scale and turn around and sell it. Yeah. Now, what are you guys doing? Are you guys working seven days a week? I mean, obviously you're working seven days a week. So you guys are on the truck six nights, six days and nights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, usually, you know, usually every day we're pretty much working. It's like, if we have a day down, we're in the office taking care of business. Well, okay. Amy, Amy is constantly, you know, because Amy does all the bookings. She does all of our wedding contracts. She does all of the wedding. I mean, basically, like I said, we cater 30 weddings a year. Nice. Um, we're out cool, six man. days a week, and Amy does all the systems behind that. All I do is fix the truck, drive the truck, clean the truck, cook the truck. That's it. That's all right. I do. And then now, how often are you guys together in the truck? Probably four days a week. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And then, what, Amy, what are you doing? You're just at home. You're, like, watching TV? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Nine-year-old. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. I'm joking, Amy. I know exactly what you're doing. You have you have children. Laundry, cleaning, toilet. Oh. 
So this woman not only does, you know, a multi, multi-thousand dollar business, but, you know, she's also handling us, our lives because we're kind of, you know, we're always on the go. Right. I'll be out for 14, 15 hours a day for the most part. And then, so Amy, what now, I mean, with you, I mean, what's it like, you know I mean? When, when Keith comes home and says, Hey, I want to do a food truck. What is, what is your reaction? Well, we kind of made the decision together because we started going to, um, we started going to truck events, um, in the Bay area when we lived out there. And, um, we said, this is pretty cool. I would love to do this. And we tried to talk his parents into, uh, backing us, but they weren't too interested in that. <laughs> and then kind of all came together when we moved out here. Um, and we love it and we love the freedom. I mean, I love being in a different place every day. Yeah. Uh, it's hard work, but at the same time, um, I was a stay at home mom for what, four years, yeah. four years with our son. He's now nine. Um, and it was uh, pretty miserable. I, yeah. you know, when you used to go, go, go catering and you're a chef and then you're just like, Oh, I'm going on play dates and going to the pool and you know, I don't really have anything to do. So <laughs> went straight from that into, working and I have seen both sides of, of yeah. uh, parenting and working and not working. Yeah. And I, I definitely enjoy working. Sometimes it's a little too much on my plate, but um, I wouldn't see him otherwise. Yeah. So anytime um, I was a stay at home mom, our son got to see him at about 10 o'clock at night. And well, then we know how it is. You got to make reservations at the restaurant. Yeah. I know. Well, it's horrible. Which I understood, but so I think we work really well together. Um, there have been times that we haven't, and <laughs> it's been a lo- it's been a while that we've been getting along really good. Yeah, we get so along good now. We haven't yelled and screamed at each other. It's because we haven't gone to Sugar Mill. <laughs> <laughs> there's this, this, there's this one place out here that we've gone to. We go to every once in a while on the weekends. It seems like every time we go out there, oh, Amy and I try to God. kill each other. <laughs> now, now, when you guys say go out there, you mean take the truck over to work? Yeah, it's yeah, not like yeah. you guys are going boozing. No, nah, we don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing is the great thing about food truck life is like right now we're out at this beautiful uh, brewery. Well, it's not; it's an industrial park. But like, um, but like tomorrow we're at. No, no, tomorrow's not a good example of a beautiful place <laughs> either. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, tomorrow we're at a hospital at Sutter Hospital. Mm-hmm. But Saturday is is going to be rad. We're at this new event out here in Sacramento. It's called the Barn, and it's this huge food truck rally with twelve trucks. They got two two uh, what are those things called bars, and then live music. It's pretty freaking rad. And then Sunday we'll be at a place. It's called the Intergalactic Expo. We've been oh, doing nice. this every year, kind of like a May the Fourth be with you kind of thing. So. Right. Uh, sci-fi convention we've gone to beautiful wineries out out in the the hills of nowhere just on an organic farm catering we did a wedding on an organic farm out in cape hay valley oh that's I mean, so cape hay cool. valley is famous worldwide for olive oils and lemons and right. beautiful stuff and then you know we that's that's what i love about this is my dining room every day is different now, we're, we're, how, how are you guys picking locations? And I mean, do you guys have like, do you guys have, say, three set spots a week that you're always going to be there? We, we have a couple. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's stuff that you generally pick up to get you through the winter. 
uh, you know, consistently. But we generally, I mean, our schedule is so varied. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like we're here tonight, tomorrow at hospital. The next week we'll do a different brewery and we'll be at a different event. We're probably at three different breweries a month. Um, we have what three lunches a week, four lunches a week that that rotate, and um, we have uh, a lot of catering, a lot of private catering, and a lot of weddings. And um, we've been doing it long enough that it just has become easier to schedule because they hit us up. Yeah, we don't so have to go out looking for anything anymore. That's awesome, man. That's the way to do it. I mean, you guys are making a name for yourselves doing what you have to do. So, like right now, you guys are doing orders. Oh yeah, we just finished putting one out just now. Ah, so who's so Amy? Are you are you handling the cash with that, or somebody else on the truck? No, it's just uh, the two of us tonight. It's just the two of us tonight. It's not hopefully not going to be too busy, but we can rock. This a is a grand this together. one's about a seventy five cover for about four hours, so it's only a two person. Okay. Because yeah. I and can then, handle up to about one hundred and fifty by so myself. Strong, but so what I do is I'll take orders and I'll wash my hands. And I'll come over and I'll back him and I'll set everything right. and then I'll sell it and we can bounce back and forth like that. Um, no problem. Stretch, stretch again. Duff. We can see that stretch that foot, get that foot stretched out there. <laughs> oh, you like that? Bed, being all comfy. There you go. That's me, man. I'm totally. Yeah. I, I just shot a commercial all day. And so you guys, I was, I was shooting a commercial and then I came right home and hopped into my, uh, hopped into my room. And uh, so they're on the truck and I'm laying in my bed interviewing them. <laughs> yeah, we're just playing with some different stuff today. I've, that's the one thing I get a day where I go out in the evening and I can play during the during the daytime. And right now I'm messing with these potato gnocchi tater tots. Oh, nice man! So now, take some gnocchi and cook them off. Prior. Now, where are you guys doing? I mean, you know, I mean, trucks are trucks are tough. So where you guys are doing all the prep in the truck? Yep, everything's done in the truck. Okay, and then where are you guys getting your food from? We buy a restaurant depot or a cash and carry that are right across the street from where we store the truck. Oh, that's nice. Cool. Yeah, it's it's very convenient. And then I get a lot of my produce from uh, the local farmer's markets uh, on Sunday mornings and then Wednesday afternoons. And I have farms that I work directly with that have specialty products I go pick up uh, nice. like once a week. Um, and then, uh, yeah, everything's done. I have a flat top and a fryer. And wow. that's it on the truck. Wow. But I've learned, I've learned to kind of utilize planning yeah it's just a matter of planning planning. last weekend we had two weddings on the same day and we have one truck and that's our kitchen so i spent two days uh just staging stuff getting getting stuff done getting his appetizer stuff prepared my appetizer stuff prepared um you know just it was crazy but we make it work with what we have i really really would love to have a, a, a kitchen I tell you, it's refrigeration. Any truck, any any chef looking to get into the business, if you spend spend six months working on a food truck, you will be the most innovative, creative, most yeah. your shit out guy on the planet. And you, and you got to be frugal as well, man. You got to be way frugal. You know, I've been in the middle of services and have my flat top go out. Uh-huh. You know, you know, and have pulling out camping stoves and, and planchas to kind of get through the day. Um, and then, you know, you got an event that's going to be 75 people that night. You can't cancel. Yeah. So you got to change your menu around and figure the menu out for that. You know, I know how to fix every single piece of equipment on here now. Yeah, you have to you have to. Yeah. You know, and that's something I always tell new truck owners. If you don't know how to fix your shit, don't do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you're going to spend half your time getting a, you know, trying to get somebody to show up for it, and then you're going to pay them overtime plus all the other stuff that's attached. Well, yeah, because ninety percent of the things that go down are going to happen on a Sunday. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah, it's aye, not going to. It's not going to happen nine to five on a Monday through Friday. You know, Friday. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in a time when trying to get somebody out there isn't going to happen, and you got to be in the event in two hours. Yeah. So, so what are you guys doing? So, what else is on your menu for this week? I mean, so, you, you know, you talked about some of your classic stuff. Now you're working on some vegan and veggie stuff. So, what else is on your menu? Like, I'm a meat eater, man. What do you got? We are we are known for having burgers that are just pornographic. You know, we do stuff like I, one of my biggest burgers. We call it the Wake and Bake, Wake and Bake In. Uh, it's a smoked pork belly. And actually, I stole a thing from Chad while we were out there. Is he did that? Cigar smoked mustard. Yeah. So when I've been smoking the belly on, on, in my smoker, near the end, I grab some cigar uh, tobacco and throw it in there with it. Oh, nice. And it's been giving it this amazing, amazing finish that's just really floral and really beautiful. So we have that. It's a half-pound burger patty with a smoked pork belly and a fried egg and an espresso barbecue sauce on it. Nice. Got a Damn It Jim, one of our biggest. It's a bacon and blue cheeseburger. Uh, what's the newest one we got? Um, I got a called the Bruce motherfucking Lee. <laughs> it's a bulgogi brushed uh, burger patty with a black garlic aioli and a um, bon mi slaw on top. Nice. Um, yeah, it's just we got into doing burgers a couple of years ago when a friend of mine who runs a blog called Burger Junkies. It's one of the most popular burger blogs in the area. It was like, hey, um, nobody in town does burgers that are just okay. That are just sexy, you know. They're just, you know, everybody does the same thing. They have the the lettuce, the sliced tomato, and slab of cheese. He's like, can you do with what you know how to do and your insanity? Can you do a burger that that's just gonna be like, what the hell, man? What 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 is that? Yeah. And so that's kind of what we've started doing, and. I tell you, it's fun. Well, I mean, it's got to be. I mean, you're literally creating based on what you're finding and what you're, you know, I mean, what what you need to do on a daily basis. I mean, you guys yeah. are, and and you know, I talk, I talk from an operational standpoint a lot. Plus, I'm interested in the food, but I, I really am very interested in the, in the operational standpoint because I know I've had a lot of people that are interested in doing food trucks and stuff like that. So, so I, I mean, how often are you changing? your menu i mean you i know you guys have your eight classics that you do or your core items i call them yeah we have our few core we we're bigger than most trucks most trucks will do about five to six items they'll never change them they'll always be exactly what they are that's because for the most part a lot of folks that do trucks aren't necessarily experienced culinarians no they're doing barbecue which is there's nothing wrong with that but you know i mean some of them are selling you know french fries yeah they just they're a fan of a certain food or you know, we've seen guys whose friends have told them, hey, you do the greatest, best burgers in your backyard. Yeah, do them now. You should really do burgers. And you're like, you know, not a good idea to get into it just that way. So yeah. we see them come and they see them go really, really fast. And, you know, the biggest thing for, you know, with the truck is to me is, is varying your menu. I see too many people that sit on an item that's just a dog with fleas. You know, it's just not working. But they love it. It's their favorite thing. So it yeah. sits there and dies. 
Yeah, I deal with that in my in my client base as well, where I have people who are saying, oh, you know, hey, I'm not going to pull those meatballs off the menu. It's one of my, you know, it's one of my favorite items or it's one of my biggest seller. And, you know, I, I end up having to break it down. OK, well, here's what it costs to make a meatball. And in reality, you know, you sold 62 orders last month compared to your wings. You sold, you know, 750. So, yeah. it, you know, I mean, so I do I deal with that stuff on, on, on a daily basis, you know, with making yeah. that change. But also, I mean, you you understand your clientele. You know, your clientele knows that they're going to get a side of dirty balls, but they really want to have that burger that you created for the day because they trust you now. And that's and that's it. It took a couple of years. You know, the joke is you can trust me. I'm on TV. Yeah. Um, And and I actually it comes from people saying that they'll be like, oh, we see him on TV all the time because I'm I do the local news two of the local news channels, the ABC affiliate and the Fox affiliate every single month. I do uh, healthy cooking segments on one and then unusual produce and stuff on the other. Oh, that's fun. Man. So it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, and I live in an area where you have some of the most amazing produce you'll ever see. Yeah. Uh, you guys out there wish you could get stuff like I get here. <laughs> no, seriously, man. I mean, it, you know, we really have to work season to season where it's a lot easier for you guys to run items like that, you know, year round. I mean, we're, you know, I mean, you, you think about the simple fact of tomatoes. I mean, you know, my tomatoes on my burgers, like, I mean, you know, I do my burgers. I do a salt and herb roasted tomato because yeah. of the fact that I got sick and tired of getting, you know, mealy tomatoes that were coming in that I'm putting on a sandwich in the middle of December. What the fuck are you doing putting a tomato on a sandwich in December? That's a mealy piece of crap. Well, it's just that uh, they're green. I mean, the way yeah. that they're shipped, they pick them green. They're oh, not ripe. Yeah. And then they shoot them with gas. Yeah, and they shoot them with an ethanol gas as they transport them for miles and miles and miles. Essentially, you're eating a green tomato. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's the thing. People don't understand that. They don't get that, that, that beautiful tomato part. I mean, I have people all the time like, hey, I would really just rather have a slice of tomato. And I'm like, man, it's January. Yeah, we, you really don't want to do that. You don't want to slice Well, like what I do is when we first started doing the truck, you know, that was an issue I had was, you know, I don't. I, we would we would get these tomatoes that are quote fresh and we're slicing them and they just look like crap they're all mealy and dry yeah. and so we there's a company i worked with when i was in modesto called stanislaus foods that makes that does canned canned tomato products and i toured the facility a few times and they they're literally picked, canned, and processed within eight hours. Yeah, I They're met him. Fresh. I met the owner of Stanislaus when I was in when we were in Vegas. He walked up. Yeah, you probably went over uh, at the pizza thing. He was over there. Yeah, he came well, over I've to, to check us out. For, known them for ten years, oh, that's and cool. their product is so good. I mean, their marinara sauces. So we're like. We're like, you know what? Why don't we get their fire roasted tomatoes? Dude, I love their. I use them. I use those, and I use Muir Glen in my tomato sauce. Oh, totally. And you get this. The thing too is, this as in my other role (laughs) as the official chef of the California State Fair, I I have the honor of learning so much about the produce that comes in and out of California that I got to really look at you know, nutritional values. And thing I learned is on your canned food and fruit and vegetable aisle, the most nutritious thing on that entire line are going to be your canned tomatoes. Yeah. Other than that, everything else is just pumped full of garbage. Oh, it's, it's horrible, man. It's such a disgrace to even watch or see, you know, 
And then it's so funny because I, you know, I used to do a lot of volunteering for Salvation Army and all that stuff. We used to do canned drives and everything else. And I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, man, did you really just give me canned green beans? I'm like, is that a jar of asparagus? Like, when did it become okay? And and look, look, you know, I understand back in the war, but we're talking about 2017. You know, when did it become okay? Yeah, when when did it? I mean, when when a when a bunch of asparagus is a dollar fifty or two dollars, when did it become okay? We were at the I was at the farmers market this past weekend picking up some stuff, and I don't know if have you ever seen purple asparagus? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay, so it usually runs about ten to twelve bucks a bunch because it's so difficult to raise. But I was getting this for what we get like two bucks a bunch for it because I I know the farmer, and oh my god, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's fun so to find new foods, man. I love that stuff. Well, I've also been, been in love with fava beans a lot, too, and really been pushing the favas because, you know, that's an amazing cover crop for farmers to to run in order to maintain a sustainable farm. They need to grow these covers. And fava beans are the highest uh, return of nitrogen to the soil. But most of the time, these farmers got to till it under because there's no market for favas because they're yeah. a pain in the butt to clean. What are you what are you doing with favas? Well, we just did a recently did a succotash with it, just uh, the beans, some asparagus, some black garlic, and did that as kind of a side dish. Yeah, and that smelled like fava beans for a few days. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Now, are you oh, cooking? Yeah, are you cooking garlic. all this stuff in your kitchen at your house? No, I'll do it on the oh, truck. You'll do it on the truck. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, except at home right now, my slow cooker making some black garlic is going right now. Yeah. Our house smells like roasted garlic. It's the best, dude. We're safe from vampires. It's the best. I love it. I love it. I remember years ago, I worked at a, one of my chef buddies had said to me, he's like, hey, will you mind? I'm taking a vacation. Will you mind going into the restaurant and taking over for me for a week? I'm like, yeah, man, no worries. No problem. Well, first off, the place was in fucking Trenton, which is like an hour and 15 minutes north of me. So yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever. But for some reason, they had a roasted, he, he created this roasted garlic spread that I was obsessed with. And I remember there was a period where I was moving, I moved out of one house and I was moving into another house. So I had stayed at my parents' house for like a month. I was probably 22 or 23, something around there. Anyway, so I remember staying at my parents' house and I remember my mother walking into my bedroom, my old bedroom one morning, and she was like, you've got to be kidding me. What the hell is that smell? And it was roasted garlic. It was because I was eating this damn roasted garlic spread, dipping everything I could find around just to put it inside of there. It was a riot. It was a riot, dude. But you know what's funny, dude? I I actually have a recipe for roasted garlic, which is 225 degrees. I take heavy duty foil. I do two layers of it. I take, and all I do is do salt and pepper and olive oil in the pan. That's it. I don't put anything else in. And I, I apologize, not olive oil. I do a little bit of salt and pepper, and that's the extent of it because the salt pulls the moisture out. I don't want to deep fry it in the oil, and I put it directly right, in right. the rack that way. But it cooks for two hours at 225 degrees. But in the recipe, it actually says when you smell it, that's when you know that it's open. Then you open the, you open the thing up. I dry it out just a little bit by removing that foil and letting it sit in there and getting a little bit of a crisp on the outside of it. But it's funny because it actually says – until you know wait at two hours you should smell it and then you pull it and you cook it for another 20 minutes yeah that's kind of what i always tell everybody is when you're cooking you know when you it smells like what you want you're done yeah 
Yeah. That's your that's your clue. Well, how do I know when it's done? When you yeah. can smell it? Dude, it was so fun. We might. I took my mother out to dinner on Mother's Day. We went out and uh, I'll, screw it. I don't give a shit. We went to Not Your Average Joe's, which okay. is a restaurant on the East Coast, and I think they're a uh-huh. Pittsburgh-based company. And you know what? All in all, they do a nice job. They they do a nice job. You know, we'll give them that. It's a consistent product. They make a nice pizza. They make a nice burger. They do a nice wing. Okay, but so my mother had ordered their whatever their seafood pasta was. And my mother's 70 years old, you know, and she's she's frugal and, and she never eats the entire meal. She cuts it in half and she has more for the next day. But she always asks for sauce on the side. So like 30 seconds after the, 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 the waitress, my mother had asked her, like the woman returns with sauce on the side and she goes to reach into it. It was literally just like heavy cream poured into a bowl, you know, oh. with, with nothing in it. I just felt so bad for her because she's like scooping it on top of her pasta didn't want to say anything to the server or anything, but it's just kind of funny, whatever, to watch that, you know, that, that half-ass technique happen. When, it's, when well, it smells yeah, right, when it smells what you want, it's done. I like that. I love what people don't realize, like, when they cook their pasta, you know, and they do that cream to finish it, go ahead and put the cream to finish it, then drain off the sauce. People just don't want to drown it. They still want the yeah. flavor. Yeah, but there's also, there's also, there's also a technique of, of, of reducing. It's called nappe, yeah. man. Whatever happened to nappe, how fucking hard is nappe? <laughs> the double creams that they see still once in a while. Yeah, you know, I know. it just blows my mind. I mean, that also is a great way to make a great sauce too, a great like burger sauce. Yeah, is just reduce cream with yeah. some vermouth and some uh, leeks. Woo-hoo. Yeah, Good have fun, stuff. dude. I love leeks. I'm a big fan of leeks. Oh, love leeks. Yeah, love those. Things. I'm a big. I, I used to have a guy who worked for me, and and I remember one day I was like, "Yo, go in the walk-in and grab me green onions." And he comes out. And he's like, "Dude, look at the size of these fucking green onions." I'm like, yeah, "Dude, that's the leak. I'll take the green onions next to it, please." Yeah. What are some of your? Give me, give me one of your favorite kitchen stories, dude. Oh God, there's so many. Um, everything from good ones to where, um, you know, one of my greatest pleasures. I worked at the um, the higher agency in Sacramento. I was just a chef de parte. I just was like a lead cook on the line, and heavy Japanese and Mexican staff. And my executive chef comes down to me and he comes over and he says, Keys, Keys, come here. So, and I go over to see him and goes, you come with me and takes me away from the kitchen. I'm like, uh, what's going on? Where, where they, am I going? Where am I going? Yeah, they take me to this place and they're, God, these guys need to talk to you. And they're all like secret service guys and stuff. And they had, they like, we got to fingerprint you and background check, all that. I'm like, what the hell did I do? Well, after freaking out for a good, you know, few days, um, they come back a few days later. And, of course, nobody's telling me what's going on. And, and for me, that doesn't work well. I have Asperger's. I got to know everything that's going on. <laughs> and um, they, they, well, they give me this list. It's like, we need you to set up everything on this, and you're going to do a cooking station. I go, oh, okay, cool. So I set up this cooking station. They take me up to the presidential suite there at the hotel. I set it all up, and these Secret Service guys are everywhere. And they're like, hey, um, so we need to taste what you're going to make. So I make it. They walk through it. All wonderful. And then 10 minutes later, uh, Bill Clinton comes in. At the time, President Bill Clinton. And I'm there cooking dinner for him and his family. Oh, that's awesome, dude. What did, what, what did you order? Was, what did you order? That was a fun one. It was a, just a veal uh, scallopini at a demo, a demo station right there with uh, Anna potatoes, 
And uh, yeah, it was just a great, it was a great experience. Uh, I got to cook for Kissinger and Carter a few weeks later. Wow. I really enjoyed that. But I think, you know, there's so many great events that I've done feeding like the less fortunate and every, every Thanksgiving and which is usually my birthday. We, uh, we do a dinner for, for the homeless in the area or something. That's nice. dude. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are a fixture in Sacramento, man. I mean, I know, you know, I, we we have a mutual friend and my friend and our friend, Jenny. Yeah. I just saw her yesterday. Oh, did you? That's awesome. She's a sweetheart, man. What a great lady. So, you know, we've never met. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're just old friends, man. We met I think we kind of met on Facebook or whatever and and uh-huh. we've just we've been friends for for a couple of years. Yeah, she's a really nice lady. We've never ever met. There was one time I think that I was kind of nearby and we we had just kind of missed each other, but I I'd love to meet her. She's a very nice lady. Yeah, you like it. She's rad. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, so what's up for you guys? You guys have a crazy weekend going on. What do you guys have coming up in the next couple of weeks? Anything big? Uh, just, you know, we just have the barn this weekend, which we're really excited about with off the grid and, um, the, uh, intergalactic expo is kind of be good. Uh, just for the most part, our usual stuff, we got a, two weddings in two weeks. Wow. On the same day, 27th, doing two weddings on the same day again. Who's getting married on Labor Day? Who's getting married on Memorial Day weekend, man? Yeah. People get married every day. Who's doing that? That's like, that's like getting married on Christmas Eve. It, it, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, we get we've had weddings on Wednesdays. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's like I mean, that's like that's like I'm gonna get married on Halloween, and I, you know, you have children, we've, but I'm gonna have we've you done come to two my of those. House. Yeah, I never got we've that had stuff. Those. When I get married, and, I'm gonna uh, get married on like a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm good. I want to do. A, Amy and I are talking about redoing ours too, nice. about getting married again, just because our first one was. Yes. Amy was pregnant and we want to do, we want to do it better. Well, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta talk to all of us from Vegas. We'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll do some food off the truck. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be fun. Man. Dude, now, I would love. That would be a great, great event to do is to have everybody get together and do a, do a little pop up off of the truck. Dude, you, you know, you've got enough friends with us, with everybody, you know, that's in our group and, and we know enough people that, you know, I mean, that could yeah. be a nice little boost for you guys as well to do something fun. Um, you know, I mean, I know I have a buddy of mine who's down in Miami and he does, uh, he does pods. So oh, you know, wow. he's got a parking lot and he opens a pod up and it turns into a dining room. We are working on trying to get that kind of thing happening up here in Sacramento too. Now, I mean, are you guys eight? Now, what are you guys doing for places to sit and stuff like that? I mean, you guys bring chairs and tables. We've got to work on a lot of stuff with in terms of. No, we're still actually. What's interesting is Sacramento is such an extremely young market in terms of its food truck um, experience because we've only really had trucks here about you know six seven years. Well, we've had the um, the taco trucks and the the catering trucks, but in right. terms of the gourmet trucks, six seven years max. Yeah. When we first started, we were one of like ten trucks here. Now we're looking at, you know, we've got probably close to, yeah, 60 to 70 to even more than that. It's new ones popping out almost every week, and it's, it's kind of crazy. What, so we, so, we're like the old guys around here. Yeah. So, so what's, your, what's your plan for the next couple of years? I mean, are you interested at all in a brick and mortar? What's your... Yeah, well, the, the plan right now is, you know, what we're looking at doing is... Um, 
what we're looking at doing right now is we want to get um I have to I have to cut a long me up here real quick. Um <laughs> Yeah, make sure make sure you chop that chop that a little closer to the microphone. Just a little closer there, Aim. Thanks. I appreciate All that. Right. So, there you go. The the plan really is what I want to do is I want to get a nice little like garden area. Right. And I want to put I want to put some trucks on it. And either my truck or even some um storage containers. Right. And build like a burger garden on like a, a lot in an area that doesn't really have a lot of restaurants or hell it has a lot of restaurants, but it throws some storage containers down on it, put some, uh, put a kitchen in and maybe a smoothie bar or something and just some great seating outside and have a little burger bar. You know, it's awesome. dude. You so know, Philly, kind of the- Philly just created this whole world of with a lot of these defunct trains, train lines and, and stuff like that, that we had running through the city. They've actually turned them into public spaces. So, you can hop into an old section of, of, of railroad that is now, you know, that they've put gardens in and laid grass down and put plants and trees. And um, it's really kind of wild. And a couple of weeks ago, I was driving by one and parked directly underneath of it, kind of over on the sidewalk was a food truck. And, you know, all these people are just there's a nice line of people that are standing underneath the underneath this bridge. that was an open space, a big public space right up top. So it was kind of like sitting on a veranda in a way. Uh, you know, in the middle of center city. That's so rad. Yeah. And that's kind of like what we want to do is, uh, you know, we looked at, we want to do the brick and mortar. We want to, I mean, I'm getting too freaking old to be jumping on a truck every single day. Yeah. But the biggest thing is, is I love, I love the vibe of it. So I think that, you know, a great little neighborhood area with, you know, a vacant lot that's just sitting there doing nothing. Like I said, throw like three storage containers. Yeah. Throw some pergola up have some seating and benches, have a little kitchen in one of the things, almost like a permanent little food truck area. And you know, who knows, knowing us, we'd invite a couple other trucks to come in once in a while. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the cool part about you guys is you're always giving and you're always involving other people, but it also creates a buzz. You know, I mean, you put three food trucks in, in, in one area, now you're an event. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing around here that's kind of lacking is that, Right here, my man. And that's kind of what's lacking in this area is really that that whole sense of community with the trucks. So that's something that uh, a couple friends and I are working on doing. So they're right there next to you. Right, I'm sorry, right here on the drink bay, you should see a silver bin that has forks and napkins in it. So that's one of the things we're trying to get together is a, is a street food coalition kind of thing where we look out for each other and we assist each other. And that also gives us a voice with the city councils and all the cities in the area. And, you know, there's things that people have major misconceptions about food trucks. And, you know, one of them is that we have low costs. Well, yeah. I pay more for my health permits than anybody than any brick and mortar does. Yeah. Because um, uh, I have to have a health permit in every county I operate in. Right. Like, like right now I'm in a separate county than where my other permits. So I have a permit for this county. I have five permits right now for health permits. Wow, that's crazy, yeah. man. It's a little expensive. Yeah, I know they're trying to make some changes with that so that you're able to do it more on a statewide basis as opposed to just on a on a municipality. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of stuff that's happening. Like right now in North Carolina or South Carolina, you can't bring your truck into North Carolina unless yeah. you pay that extra fee for that North Carolina state, which sucks because, I mean, I've got buddy, you know, I have friends who have a big, huge truck down there and 
they can't cross the border, you know, because yeah. North Carolina is so expensive to get food truck licenses and stuff or to get the health permit. So no, they, they want they don't want trucks. They think we steal business. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Even though it all my, my my answer to that is that by taking business away from your brick and mortar, you need to look at your brick and mortar. Yeah, absolutely. man. Yeah. Love I it. don't have a place for you to sit. I don't have nearby bathrooms. I don't give you a glass of water when you sit down. You know, if that's yeah. if that's gonna beat out your brick and mortar, you got issues, my friends. Yeah, it's not the truth, man. It's the truth. Well, dude, hey, I know you guys are busy, and I know you guys have a lot of stuff going on. Um, but uh, you know, I'm stoked to have you guys come back out to Vegas, and uh, I would love to try to work something out with you guys. You know, where where like, hey, Panini and I head up or or whatever. You know, we get out to Sacramento and we do a little. Let's do a little dinner, man. Do a pop-up. Find a great big parking lot. Let's I can make that happen. Fun, man. I would totally love to do that and get out there with you. I can make that happen. You know, I can we'll make do it happen. A big marketing event around it. We'll have some fun. And then, hey, we'll get Jenny and we'll go get drinks. Sounds good to me, my man. Sounds I good. It. I love it. Hey, Amy, thank you so much for taking time, sweetie. It was great talking uh, to you. It was nice to talk to you, too. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, we're going to have a conference call in the next couple of weeks. I've got to get some stuff together for NCB. I just left Palm Beach with those guys. So. Um, we have some pretty nice surprises for you guys coming into next year, so I'm pretty stoked. So um, we'll uh, we're, we're going to do some fun with it. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, Keith. Thanks for your time, dude. I appreciate it. Hey, Keith and Aim, where can I find you guys? Uh, at nerdytruck.com on Facebook at the Colon Nerdy Cruiser. Uh, if you Google Colon Nerdy, C U L I N E R D Y, I come up on like the first eight pages. Awesome. It's <laughs> the way it should be. It's the way it should be. Yeah. Well, so I know you guys can find them on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. And uh, Keith Never and Amy, I love you guys. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy night. And keep Thanks, crushing bro. it, man. It. Keep crushing it, guys. You got it, man. Talk to you soon. All right. So, what did I tell you guys? How awesome is Keith? just such a good guy to talk to um you know his his background uh, has got some great stuff involved in it and for a guy who uh who owns a food truck you know owning a food truck is is not an easy thing it's it's not like uh opening a restaurant it's not like owning a restaurant with the brick and mortar there's a lot that goes into that there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes with that food truck you know amy and, and keith work their asses off they're the ones you know if they don't produce they don't make money you know, so for Keith to come all the way out to Vegas with his wife at the same time, shut his business down. You know, he shut his business down for like four days. The amount of money, the revenue that that takes to do that is, is it, it takes a set of balls, you know, to be able to have to get out there and do that. So, so everybody do me a favor. If you live out in Sacramento or you live out in that area, stop by, check out my buddy, Keith, check out Amy, say hi to them um, and, uh, and, and spend some money with them. You know, let's try to make up for those four days that they were hanging out in Vegas with me. Um, and uh, let's get them out with us. All right. Um, uh, or, or, or get over there and check out, check, check out Keith's food. So Keith, thanks again, man. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, and I really appreciate uh, the fact that you uh, took the time out to, uh, to spend with me again. So uh, that's what I got for this week. Um, I hope that you guys all, uh, uh, enjoyed, you know, especially the first part where I talked about what's going on with hospitality and, and getting into your business and really spending that time with your staff. It's really important. So uh, important to me is uh, all of you guys and everybody who listens to this and everybody who downloads it and everybody who communicates with me through Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and, um, you know, that sort of stuff. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate 
um, you guys as a whole for everything that you do for me. So um, a couple other things that I appreciate are the wonderful, this is my, these are my plugs, everybody, by the way. Um, the amazing people that kind of help make this show happen. One, Miss Maggie Gagliardi, uh, the amazing illustrator and artist who does all of my promo pieces for the show. Um, you know, sometimes I just, I send her something, you know, Thursday night at six o'clock and say, Hey, I need this for tomorrow. And she just always comes through. So Maggie, I love you. And I appreciate it. Check her out uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, her stuff is at M A G Z A R T. That's mags art. Okay. Um, check out the boys down there at radioinfluence.com. They are the producers of this show. They deal with me on a weekly basis and my craziness, uh, me not getting them shows on time, me not getting complete shows to them. Um, all the good stuff, me saying, how the hell do I download this show? It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I'm a chef. I'm not a techie. All right. Uh, so Jerry and Jason, you guys are awesome to me. Check them out. Uh, it's real easy to follow them. They are at radio influence and you can check them out on the web at radioinfluence.com. They have a tremendous amount of other podcasts that are on there. Um, and somehow I lucked up and, or I lucked out and got involved, got, was able to get involved with these guys. So, uh, check radioinfluence.com, uh, check them out. They're the ones who do all the awesome work on the show. Um, want to thank my dear friend, Michelle out there in, in uh, Breeze, Illinois for uh, all the unbelievable hard work that she does on the show, updating my websites and updating my Duffified Live website as well. Guys, do me a favor. If you need a website, something simple, something big, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, Michelle's going to take care of you. She's amazing. Her work is, is just great. She does a really nice job, puts her heart and soul into it. She is a mom. She's a wife. Uh, and she's an entrepreneur. And she really works her ass off. And I, and I love Michelle for that. So, um, so get over to Techno Solution, T-E-C-K-N-O-W. So, I'm sorry, T-E-C-H-K-N-O-W Solution. Uh, she's amazing on Instagram and, tw and Twitter and Facebook and all the other stuff. Um, check her out and then go to over to her websites as well. If you have any questions, send me an answer. Send me a question. And I'll direct, get it directly out to her. If you want to talk to her. Um, <clears throat> so, and then I always talk about my company at the end, which is Duffified Experience Group. Uh, we do full consulting. We go all over the world, uh, work for you. Um, we'll come into your restaurant. I do creative sessions with chefs, which I absolutely love. I've got another one coming up in a couple of weeks where I get to sit down with a series of chefs and just talk. We talk food and we research and then we go into a kitchen and we just create and play and come up with new dishes. And it's a lot of fun to do that. Um, I do, we do evaluations as well. We hang out with you guys. We check out your business. We watch them, the pros and cons, and, and we're really going to coach you guys along the way to make that happen. Um, so check us out. I'm not going to do a whole commercial for what I do, but it's Duffified Experience Group. Um, it's DEG. You can find us out on the interweb over there at DuffifiedExperienceGroup.com or follow any of my sites and you'll be able to get links over to that as well. Um, appearances and all that good stuff. Hey, I do pop-ups. Um, I'm doing a bar crawl out in Washington in a couple of weeks that I'm really excited about um, where I get a, I, I give, uh, we do recipes for each bar and everybody gets to go from bar to bar to bar and have the food that we created within those, re within those restaurants. And it's a really nice fun night out. You know, we get to hang out and chat and kind of bullshit and, um, I'll tell you stories. What do you got? You got questions? I'll give you answers. You want to talk about Bar Rescue? Why the hell not? You want to talk about Taffer and find out some of his craziness or whether or not he smokes weed? Give me a call. We can chat about it. We'll do some fun stuff on these little tours. I love them. Um, uh, let's have some fun together, all right? Uh, go out and, uh, and let's have some fun. 
I appreciate all you guys tremendously, and uh, I really appreciate the fact that you guys listen to my, my babbling on a week-to-week basis. So thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you at a later time. Actually, no, we're going to talk to you next week. I got super special shit going on. We're going to do a super fun show on Monday. Friday, I'm going to be back down in Tampa. I'm going to be hanging out with my good friends. We're going to be doing a little bit of uh, Kathy Suzwitz. We're going to be hanging out with Bill's fan, Monica, uh, doing some Jerry P. Tuck. We're going to get some other people to come out. We're going to do a drunk show. All right, so in three weeks, uh, sorry, in two weeks, you guys are going to hear the drunk show that happened in Tampa, and uh, I hope you guys have a little bit of fun with it. Thanks again so much. Go to DuffifiedLive.com. Check out all the past shows. iTunes, Stitcher, RadioInfluence.com. Adios, everybody. Have a great week. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef, B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. They had a high school class. Uh, it had something to do with uh, security, and I'm not sure exactly what it was for, but they, they actually sent waivers out to the parents, and they said, we're going to allow your kid to get pepper sprayed, and we're going to give them extra credit if they do it, because they're going to get a chance to see what that's like. Yeah. And go once again, Google it or YouTube it, and when they pepper spray these kids, like, I, I've never been pepper sprayed. I don't know. I could imagine what it's like. Probably like getting hot sauce in your eye times 10. I get It's not good. I, I, I'm sure it's terrible. You should hear these kids bellowing. It's the craziest thing in the world. I mean, it's, it's cool to be soft now. Like, when I was growing up, there, it wasn't okay to be. It wasn't okay to be weak. And it's just our society is just a bunch of soft cats. And then I'm watching another show. And they're saying the new thing now are male. Listen to me closely. The new thing are male rompers. Does anybody know what a romper is? Okay. It's a onesie. All right. So, okay. <laughs> when I'm looking at this thing and there's male, okay, there's not enough money. I wouldn't even wear it for Halloween. Okay. It's that soft. But there's not enough money to make Ian Beckles wear a romper. Why? You can't be hard in a romper. You can't be, you can't even try to be a little bit, you can't even defend yourself in a romper. I'm okay. You can't defend yourself. If you have a romper on and somebody steps to you, just concede because you, can, you cannot hold your ground in a onesie romper. You can't do it. One guy had like some boating shoes on with the romper. You can't be tough in a boat in boating shoes either. And one guy actually had like a boa. So it's just a different world, I guess, that I grew up in. And if you're in the world of rompers, that's fine. It just would have been tough because our worlds definitely would have collided. And uh, I'm just scared of where we're going because, you know, every generation gets a little softer as we go. And as soft as this generation is, when the next generation comes along, it's going to be a whole generation of rompers. I can't wait. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.